Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Passions Podcast. I'm Latara, your regular host. And today we have a very special guest host. It's my best friend, Douglas. Hi. Douglas in the house. Douglas, um, how did you enjoy the week of episodes? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I, I dropped in, in the middle of this saga, but I dropped in at the right time, I think. Yes, you did. You got a good, like an excellent week. As I was watching, I was like, this is a good week. A lot of shit. It, lot it of is shit going happening. down in this harmony. Is going, shit is going down in harmony. Yeah. So before we get into it, tell everybody, like, what is your, like, obviously I already know, but for the people who don't know you, what is your um, relationship to passions or soap operas? What do you know about it before? What did you know about it before you watched? Okay. Um, not a lot at all. I, this was my first time actually seeing a full episode. I have listened to the podcast a lot, but I've never actually watched an episode. So I knew who some of these characters were, not by sight, but based on some of their characteristics. Yeah. Um, and then other soap operas, I, I haven't really, I, I, I'm a newbie. Okay. Yeah. I, again, I knew that, but you, do you remember when we were in college? So I, Douglas and I met in college in 2006. Ooh. Old. Old as hell. Old. Um, do you remember at one point when we were living together that I would like try to recap episodes of Days of Our Lives to you and you like fucking hated it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so anyway, I was but watching Passions the, at the time too. The fans, I don't know if the fans know about your abilities with <laughs> quick TV recognition. Latara <laughs> used to, I would just like change the channels on the TV, just like quick. And Latara would be like, NCIS, Toddlers and Tiaras, Ice Road Truckers, <laughs> NBC News, a debate. <laughs> it was just like the fastest thing but she could just like identify it she knew what was and she'll she she could watch like three episodes of something at the same time just like flip between three channels yeah keep up with it i meant like, a, a witch i a tv I belong on passions mm-hmm. no you know what i um miss now that like everything's streaming now one of the things i really miss is like channel surfing and I really miss, you remember the, the button on the remote control where you would like, because TV channels used to have numbers. This is a thing we don't have anymore. TV channels used to have numbers and you could be like watching channel 23, but then there was an ep- there was a button where you could quickly go back to another channel, like channel 16. You could flip back and forth between those channels. So I, that's how I used to watch shows of like, okay, this one's going to commercial. Now let me go back and watch this other show. I'm, I honestly miss that so much because I used to be able to watch shows at the same time. Now I, you know, I can't do that, you know, right. streaming. No, but yeah, no, I am a TV witch. Television is my personality. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? But anyway. I mean- Let's get in this, this, this podcast isn't about me. It's not about me. (laughs) It's just a platform for me to talk about myself. No, Um, let's talk about passions. This week we watched episodes 366 through 370, I believe. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And what a bunch of episodes it was. What a fantastic week. So we're going to start with the magic storyline because there's literally nothing that happens. Like, honestly, it's mostly 
about Sheridan. So we'll do this really quickly. Uh, here's the, here's your summary, everybody. Uh, a reminder to those of you who may have missed last week, I am no longer writing good summaries. I have, I have decided, <laughs> like Laura, Laura's not here to keep me honest anymore. I have decided to just do bullet points and that's what it is. So here we go. Uh, magic. Tabitha and Timmy dig up Sheridan's grave to make the dust of forgetfulness to use on the editors from, Har from Harper Collins who read her manuscript. That's it. That's what happened in magic. So let's really quickly talk about this. Tabitha is freaking out <laughs> in her in her house that by the way Douglas there's like this tax lien on her house she paid she owes 300 years worth of back taxes on her house <laughs> well then they already know she's a witch what the heck right like so she apparently has been like for the last 300 years just kind of like tax what she says this is her words not mine zapping the tax rolls <laughs> A common tax strategy, yes. <laughs> Zapping strategy. Zapping the tax rolls so they don't know that she, like they say she doesn't owe any money or whatever. It just She just changes it, I guess. And then, but she recently lost her powers. So she can't do that anymore. So, um, and she doesn't have any money. So Timmy sold her like memoirs that are a tell-all about- That's why you said Timmy was trying to help, I see. Yes. He sold this book to Harper Collins and they bought it. And now they're coming to Harmony, I guess. And she's like, they all, now they all know I'm a witch. They're going to burn me at the stake because Tabitha has been burned at the stake before. This has happened to her once before, 300 years ago. So mm. she know, she says, I know, I know about these people. Once they find out I'm a witch, they're going to kill us, you know? So, or do that weird, she had like- Alien autopsy. Yeah, that was so weird. I was- uncomfortable with it. yeah <laughs> it was it felt like why even put you know what but that's how I feel about a lot of things with Tabitha and Timmy why even put this in to the story it's cartoonish yep it adds nothing so she Tabitha has like a a little daydream I guess about Eve dissecting her on on alien autopsy so because she thinks that's what's going to happen when everybody finds out she's a witch yeah. uh whatever while she's packing up her shit because she's gonna leave town i guess i don't know what tabitha was up to here so you packing her shit and she's like oh my goodness timmy i found the dust of forgetfulness right in, in like in like the at the at, on, on her mantle or something i don't know in, in one like of those boxes town. Oh, if I throw this in the face of the editors, then they'll forget that I was a witch. They'll forget everything they read, basically. But here's the hitch. For it to work, it needs the, it needs the soil of a freshly dug grave of someone who is freshly deceased. Mm, makes so, they go, so, of course, they go to the cemetery and she makes That's Timmy awesome. dig up Sheridan. Who is alive, by the way? She's alive in her coffin. So this begs the question, would the dirt work? Because she's not dead. Right. Pro right? I would assume it, it will not work. Yeah. And I assume, I mean, you know, we haven't gotten to these episodes yet, but I assume that that's not going to work and that they're going to know it's not going to work because Timmy eventually discovers that Sheridan is not dead. 
Right. Well, Timmy does discover Sheridan's not dead. He keeps yelling at Tab because he digs all the way to, like, apparently she needed, she didn't need the dirt from, like, right on top. She needed the dirt from, like, right on the coffin. From the okay, coffin. so he had to dig all the way down. He digs down. Somehow, the, well, I think he hears her, like, beating. He's like, I think I heard something. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then she kind of passes out because she's losing oxygen. Like, time's running out for Sheridan, poor thing. Oh, poor, poor Sheridan. Uh, but so she's like fighting, beating the thing. So he heard it and he keeps telling Tabitha, I think she's alive in there. <laughs> and she's just up, up, upstairs, wherever, on the ground, literally sleeping on a tombstone. <laughs> It's like, just keep digging. (laughs) No one sleeps like that. Tabitha does, apparently. That 300-year-old witch owes 300 years worth of taxes. She's she's tired. She's exhausted. 300 years of tax evasion will take it out of you. I've been living for 33 years and I'm exhausted. Yeah. Okay? I'm over it entirely. She's, She's 10 times more tired than us. Exactly. So... Then the coffin like pops open. Like this would was not explained. Yeah. I feel like they showed like the shovel like hitting a little latch or something. But uh, are coffins spring loaded or something? Is that about coffins? Right. I don't know. Well, here's a question. Why would a coffin need a latch? Like to be like. Why would a coffin, I, I, I assume they do have latches. I assume that, but why would the coffin need a latch? I guess when you're carrying it, just in case you don't want it flopping open and stuff. But, so. but the first thing is- automatic opening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the cranes af- could afford that automatic, the, the automated coffin. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. That's why they it's, spared, the, it's the upper scale. They spared no expense. The yeah. only the best for my dead sister. Yeah. The 1% <laughs> die different. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the thing opens up. Sheridan's laying there. Um, Timmy's like, she looks like Sleeping Beauty. And then he realizes, does he kiss her first? He, yeah, he says she looks like Sleeping Beauty. And then I, <laughs> I wrote this down. Um, maybe a kiss from Timmy would wake you up. What <laughs> the fuck, Timmy? <laughs> so weird so weird and you re- you understand that timmy is like a living doll too right, right? okay which also <laughs> going back to before when i watched harper collins a doll walks in <laughs> and is like excuse me would you please publish this book and pay me a lot of money in his defense he called them Oh, okay. <laughs> he sent them the book and called. That <laughs> okay, I see. Okay, yeah, he, he's he, Timmy's got something going on in his brain and his stuffed up brain. Do you know what Timmy's not good at though? What digging? No, no, Timmy is good at digging. He dug that whole. Gra- I couldn't have done that. He dug well, that whole. He did thing eventually up. get there, but every time he got a shovel, and we kept seeing Sheridan in there banging on the coffin and freaking out, and every time he got a shovel, it was like. Mm, two grains of dirt that's true At, when they showed us him di- actually digging it out that he was getting no dirt out of there the but he managed out. to get the whole thing he really completely did completely dug up so kudos to timmy i guess this was this was annoying though because uh i know where this is going right like i already know 
So like the fact that Timmy and Tabitha dug her up, I one forgot this had happened. Like I didn't, when I was seeing it was like, I was seeing it for the first time in my entire life. Like I didn't know this was a thing. Um, because again, I know how Sheridan eventually gets like saved. Right. So, uh, I was shocked to see they had dug her grave entirely all the way up. I was like, what the fuck? I thought they were not going to make it out of there, but they did. Tabitha, Tabitha sees a, um, like a groundskeeper coming and she tells Timmy, you got to get out of there, get the dirt and get the fuck out of there. Even though Timmy keeps telling her this woman's alive. <laughs> cause he, cause at one point Sheridan like wakes up. After he kisses her. Yeah. After he kisses her, she wakes up. And I think she thinks he's Luis. Yeah. And she's like, I knew you'd come for me. Then she, she passes like, back out a little bit. And Timmy thinks she's in love with him. Yeah. Of course, Timmy thinks everybody's in love with him. <laughs> also, what the fuck happened to his hair? Right, that's what happens to Timmy when he gets scared. <laughs> it it goes like straight up. It, there was one episode where they were on a in a prom boat disaster. <laughs> All right. So they were on this boat where they were having prom, and the boat sank, and Timmy like was riding a shark but he thought it was a dolphin. And then once he realized it was a shark, his hair all turned completely white and shot straight up. So that's what happens to Timmy when he gets scared. That's. <laughs> I love that just like the first example that you thought of was just like, what well, was a prom boat disaster? And he was riding a shark. He thought it was a dolphin. It's like, <laughs> it could happen to anybody. It could happen to anybody. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, she wakes up, but then she goes right back to sleep. For some reason, I mean, she's getting a bunch of oxygen now. Right. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, all that breathing her own carbon dioxide for so long, I'm sure there that she's not in great physical shape. But why isn't she, like, waking up, trying to get out? I don't know. And now to be Sher clear, Sheridan hasn't been underground. Sheridan has not been underground for any more than two hours she has not been there she's definitely been underground for less than two hours because um hank makes a point <clears throat> to say that the, they supplied her with enough oxygen for two hours so she hasn't been under the underground unless unless there miraculously just was a little bit extra air in there and so she's yeah. just like it, there's more there than but it's been less than two hours since they buried her Wow. Acqu like, according to the timeline. But the they but they fuck up this timeline so goddamn bad. Yeah. And we will talk about that more later. But we got to finish magic because I said it would be fast and it turned out not to be fast at all. <laughs> so, um, the dust. They, they managed to escape from Sheridan's grave. Uh, Tabitha tells the groundskeeper she saw the, uh, some grave robbers trying to dig up the grave and that they ran that away but he doesn't go after them he just calls julian who says oh you know what i'm gonna call a cement truck and have it have them just submit my my sister in the ground i'll so be right her, there with the cement truck so her final resting place cannot be disturbed so he's gonna he's gonna cover her with, with cement so that's magic this week like it's not even really magic it's just tabitha and timmy digging up tab uh sheridan yeah i i do have one question about magical tax evasion and maybe you could just fill me in on i will do my best so she's been zapping 
for 300 years. <laughs> she is, is the spell just like, if you don't zap it every year, then all those other years don't work anymore. Douglas, I literally, when that, when that came up, that's basically the exact same thing I asked, which was number one, why wouldn't you just remove yourself entirely? Mm-hmm. Right. But number two, yeah. Like how, if you zapped it every, every year or kept zapping it, why is there any record of you? Like, yeah. why did it come back? Yeah. No, I cannot answer your question because there is no answer. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nonsense. It's passions. It's passions. You, you are my passion for life. Ooh, that's my oh, jam. It's so good, that song. It's so good. All <laughs> right, so let's move on and talk about our troubled marriages. Um, This was really, it also includes Sheridan. Uh, most of these episodes are about Sheridan, even though she does nothing yeah. but tap on her, like coughing and like, hallucinate you know for all of these episodes it's and she's been doing that for like 10 episodes now like they buried her a while ago these 10 episodes (laughs) represent two hours of harmony time it's crazy oh anyway okay so here are the bullet points ivy worries that julian and alistair have uncovered her past with sam and the truth of ethan's paternity they haven't Julian reads Sheridan's will and announces that she wanted to create a camp for underserved children and have Ivy and the current chief of police, Sam, run it together. Rebecca flirts with Julian and tells him she would leave her husband for him should he find himself free of Ivy. So let's talk about this. This actually shouldn't take that long because nothing really happened. Julian assembles everybody in his fucking library after Sheridan's funeral and you didn't see the last five episodes so I'm just gonna fill you in he's basically been alluding to the fact that I've got something in this envelope that's gonna change all of your lives forever and you need to come to the mansion and like it's just been like it had this undercurrent of threat and then it turns out that it's just Sheridan's will so it will be a charity for children yeah womp womp but ivy is convinced convinced like that he knows he knows ethan's not his son sam and i used to have a were in an uh an affair long ago even though they no she did cheat on she did cheat on julian with him she slept with julian on her wedding night not sorry not julian she slept with sam she slept with sam on her wedding night and conceived ethan that night so she thinks that that's the secret that's coming up right um julian finally opens the envelope gets ready to open the envelope and ivy starts yelling no i will not let you do this girl chill the fuck out because if he has if he has it if he and pilar kept telling her there's no way he has it there's no way you burned all the evidence you burned all the evidence but if he if he has any kind of proof like Stop acting so guilty, Ivy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I like Ivy. She's smart, but not right now. So she keeps piping up, telling, and like, she just looks so guilty, sweating all over the place. She's just a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, Sam at one point, like, pulls her to the side and is like, if Julian has proof of, of uh, us being together, because he doesn't know that Ethan is his son. So 
right he doesn't know that ethan is his son so that's a whole other part of this and she's trying to get back together with him but right. uh, which uh he tells her he tells her i'll come clean i have i'll have to just come clean and tell you know i'm not gonna deny it right so she's freaking the fuck out julian finally opens the envelope it's sheridan's will and it says that sheridan wanted to start an underserved I'm sorry, a camp for underserved children called the Catherine Crane Camp and um, whatever. And that Ivy has to be the head of it along with the current chief of police. Why? Why? What does the chief of police have to do with anything? Don't involve the police in this. With children. Why? And Sam is bad at his job. And you, again, you might not know this because you haven't watched it. Sam is the worst chief of police. He's a good man, a great man, handsome man, sexy man. Very sexy. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. Whew. However, he is a bad police officer. He's a bad chief of police. He endangers everybody all the time. He, <laughs> like, he like literally does not know the law at all. So the reason that Roger and Pierre are even out and about is that he like just let Pierre go like he had a he had Pierre arrested at one point he just let him walk ah yeah he's a he's bad at his Thanks, job Sam thank you yeah real real nice Sam yeah. uh so no. he th Julian then uh talks about that Sheridan left money for Ethan's children with Gwen specifically why why would you put that in your will why? Because, like, what does Gwen have to do with anything? You're related to Ethan. Say, I'm leaving this money to your children. Right. And then it was, like, this whole long thing about, like, who writes this kind of shit in their will? I just know that Ethan and Gwen are <laughs> so meant to be together. I've never seen two people who are better suited together and that their love will last for eternity. Who writes that in a will? What lawyer would let you put that right. in your will? <laughs> The lawyer was like, uh, please explain your feelings <laughs> about uh, these two individuals and how you believe they belong together. That's very important for the legal aspect of this will. Right. Oh, <laughs> this will not hold up in probate. No. If you do not include your feelings. Your feelings about who he should marry. Like, girl. But in, anyway, she had written that long before the Teresa stuff started anyway. But that's going to come up during the Teresa stuff. Um, so Sam later goes to Ivy and tells her, I'm not doing this camp shit with you. Like um, right. he was like, I'll, I'll get the police commissioner to do it. I'm sure he'll take it over the police commissioner. Why does it have to be the police? You know, yeah. there's a youth center in this town. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't Sheridan have had the leader of the youth center be in charge of it? Yeah. Which is Luis, by the way. But yeah, like, that makes more sense. Why the police? It doesn't make any... They shouldn't be involved in that. No. That It has nothing to do with their purpose. No. And and they they busy. Like, y'all got murderers in your town. You too busy right. to be running a, a camp for kids. Right. There have been several, several murders recently. You busy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sam tells her... I'm not going to do this with you because I know that you, you're trying to get with me and I, I know you're just trying to hurt Grace, blah, blah, blah. And she says to him, 
She says, well, Sheridan's will was probably very specific. And if you refuse to serve, that might negate the entire thing altogether, the camp altogether. And do you want those children to go without a camp? Why would it negate the, why would it negate it? I, I, I mean, apparently the law works differently in harmony because we've already seen the emotional state of the will. Maybe... <laughs> This will was so dumb. It was pretty dumb. It was so dumb. Do you think she even used a lawyer? Do you think she was just like, dear diary, this is my will? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure she did because we get like a flashback of Ethan like has a flashback talking to Sheridan where he says that he will draw up her will for her. And she says like, no, you can't do it because right, family members right. can't draw up wills for family members, yep. which is not fucking true which is not true. <laughs> like family members shouldn't operate on family members. That's a thing. But I've never heard like a family member can't be a family member's lawyer. Oh yeah. I wonder if, if she was just thinking like, like etiquette, like I don't want a family member knowing what I'm going to do. Like with all my money, like this should be secret. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Sheridan. Sheridan 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 so anyway that all happens Sam backs down saying okay whatever I'll do the fucking camp and Rebecca meanwhile is like flirting with Julian oh by the way again Sheridan is is in her coffin not cold but she you know actually she's not even cold yet right like even if she was dead because Sheridan got they again this is a thing you don't know Sheridan's funeral happened the morning after her murder. She got shot one night, and the next morning they put her ass in the ground. So very believable. <laughs> I maybe that's how uh, the French people found out. They were like, "Ah, this woman's funeral was too quick <laughs> after her death." <laughs> is very unreasonable <laughs> they should at least let her rest in state <laughs> but um yeah no so rebecca like comes on the julian and is like just so you know julian if right. if you ever find yourself divorced from ivy i would leave that guy who whatever his name is jonathan i think uh <laughs> i would leave him in a second like she can't even remember her own husband's name right and she's like, I'd leave him in a second if you, you know, for a real man like you. It's like, ugh, Rebecca, girl. And he he says to her, he is, he is a cartoon villain, mm-hmm. Julian. Um, but he says to her, you are a hell of a woman, Rebecca. <laughs> and she says, you ain't seen nothing yet. Ugh, <laughs> ugh. Uh, uh, hilarious. I'm comfortable. So I I actually started watching next week's episodes because I have to record with the new the next guest host on Monday like in like two days so I watched the started watching the next episodes like this morning and uh, there is some dialogue in those episodes I'm so glad you got these episodes because I feel like the the next set of episodes you would have detested like which might have made for a better podcast maybe but i feel like you would not have enjoyed it so <laughs> there's some dialogue that is very just like what who ta- nobody talks like that <laughs> like, uh, almost all of the dialogue 
Yeah, that's true. Like that. it, I'm telling you, it's it gets worse next, like in the next week. It's so bad. We get like this whole PSA about having saving yourself for marriage, and oh, like sex wise, oh. <laughs> and what the teachings of the church and like. Wait, who can you can you tell me who says that? Um, I don't know if you met these characters. Sam's okay. wife. Well, actually, you didn't meet Sam. Sam talks about it to one of the kids, and so does Sam's wife Grace, and and um, Eve's husband TC. They're all doing like a it's Christmas in the next week. Oh, that's a thing. Right? All okay. of a sudden, it's Christmas. So. Um, it's at Christmas time. So they're having like this conversation about sex and this other, some girl, some other girl has now gotten pregnant. We just got through like this saga of some girl who, a, a rumor about a girl who got pregnant, but she wasn't actually pregnant. It was all fake. So now we're talking about another teen pregnancy and whatever. It's dumb. I hated it. I hated all of it. And y'all will all hear about it next week. You will hear about how much I fucking hated it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. So that's it for troubled marriages. I'm I'm done. You got anything you want to add? Uh no, just that was just so smarmy and gross. Just Rebecca and Julian. Oh they're just Sheridan. just too horny. Just get your horniness out of my face. And Sheridan's dead for God. Like we're all still in our funeral clothes. <laughs> they are they are speedy with this yeah. will. Is 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 Julian's motivation here? Is Sheridan's death what's contributing to the Crane Fortune doubling soon or whatever? No, what what is happening? Well, kind of. So Julian wants Ethan to marry Gwen Hotchkiss so that because right. they have like a merger and once those things like I don't know they haven't explained exactly what the um, business of it is like the financial part of it is but basically apparently once those two families like merge through that marriage it'll send the stock price really high i guess and like there'll be more confidence in the their in crane industries and so it'll double their fortune overnight i guess is what we're meant to believe um and so the fact that sheridan was wrote in her will that she wanted to give money to specifically ethan and gwen's children kind of makes ethan um, have second thoughts about marrying Teresa. Teresa or whoever he wants to marry so like so yeah he's excited to Julian's excited that that was in the will because that helps out his his um purposes what he, he wants did. yeah so I don't know right all right now let's oh, let's talk about Sheridan it's I call it Shuis, but Luis is not involved in this at all <laughs> this week <laughs> He's not, he, uh, but we'll talk about Luis. Luis is killing me because I love Luis, but he is driving me up a fucking wall at the moment. All right, let's talk about Shuis, even though it's mostly just Sheridan. Mm-hmm. All right, here are the bullet points. Hank's plan to fake Sheridan's death goes straight to hell when Roger and Pierre kidnap him and every other person who knows Sheridan is buried alive. Chad acts heroically when he stumbles upon Pierre and Roger's hideout, but he probably should have gone to get help because he ends up getting shot. Sheridan continues to panic and hallucinate in her coffin as Timmy and Tabitha dig up her grave for their own absurd purposes. Julian gets word that Sheridan's grave has been dug up by grave grave robbers and arranges to fill the grave with cement. And that's the bullet points. Let's talk it through. 
<sighs> so Chad shows mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. Well, after, I mean, this is after, uh, uh, what's her, uh, Eve. Eve, yeah. Doctor, right? She's yeah. been kidnapped now too. Yeah. They hoodwinked her. They, they hoodwinked everybody. Okay. I honestly, I really, we really got to talk about what happened with Hank at first and how, how he went from the highest high to the lowest fucking low. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So Roger and Pierre, they corner Hank on the, like the docks and they, they basically tell him the jig is up. We know that you fake Sheridan's death. You're not going to be able to call anybody. Come with us. They hold him at gunpoint, take him to a warehouse. And he's so fucking snarky to them the entire time. Like, oh, you know, because uh, they tie him up and they kind of recap absolutely everything that they have done to Sheridan, which did you hear that recap? It was so much. It was, and a- it was so much. And they've done so much for this one woman they could have just gone on about their business to be honest yeah but anyway um they tie him up they go they recap all of the like all of the mishaps that they've had trying to kill Sheridan they've tried to kill Sheridan across two continents now okay I think the recap goes back to the beginning of the show doesn't it 100 percent yeah yes 100% they recap absolutely <laughs> everything and then Hank's like, I'm glad you guys told me all your misdeeds because my backup will be here on in any moment now, any moment now. And then they realize that he's like wearing a wire and like they've re- they've incriminated him- themselves because he starts talking into the wire like, all right, Hal, buddy, you can come and get me. Yeah. Uh, any anytime now, buddy, come anytime. on Anytime. <laughs> so then Roger, Roger is like, Oh, you think Hal's coming to help you? You think you're getting some backup? And then they like reveal yeah. that they have Hal Freeman too. The mis- they call him Mr. FBI. They have Mr. FBI in a closet tied up as well and gagged. And so they pull him out of the closet and tie him to um, Hank, right? So then they're sitting there and they're like, okay, hopefully our other accomplice won't get caught. Right. They're like, so hopefully evil figure. Because I knew, I fucking knew Eve had something to do, was involved in this. Like, we didn't find out till this week that Eve was involved in all of this. Oh, I didn't find only out in Eve the flashbacks. Out. Okay. Right. So I knew they had enlisted Eve. Eve is every doctor. We call her every. Eve's every doctor. It's all in she. Yeah, she, look, she's every single doctor. So anything that has to do with medicine or drug and she and she loves to drug people okay one thing about eve is she will sedate a motherfucker in a sense okay (laughs) she she loves to knock people out so i knew i knew she had something to do with this apparently she has drugged sheridan everybody um hank uh enlisted eve's help in faking sheridan's death right eve is at the hospital getting anxious because she's awaiting a phone call from hank or how telling her, all right, we got Pierre and Roger. Now you can go and wake up Sheridan, basically. And uh, cause she's like, time's running out. Time's running out for Sheridan. She gets a phone call. And honestly, I was like, who the hell is calling her? Cause I knew those two were tied up. Who the hell is calling her? She gets a phone call. And then she goes to Roger and Pierre's hideout because Pierre's the one that called her. Yeah. So he called her and she's like, oh, what are you all doing here? Like, we need to go dig up Sheridan. Like, yeah, why would you go there? Right. 
like get a shovel bitch right like go to the cemetery you know sheridan was buried alive today yeah. why would you unless she thought they had already dug her up but they would have called her right right so anyway she gets tricked because pierre told her that he was from interpol interpol yeah <laughs> It's like, you know that French people are after Sheridan and trying to kill her. You hear this man with his thick-ass French accent on the phone. stereotypical French accent. And you think, okay, this is all on the up and up. (laughs) You haven't communicated with one French person in the entirety of this case. And now all of a sudden, Hank's not calling you, Hal's not calling you. Some random French man is. Mm -hmm. Girl, Eve, get a grip, girl. Figure it out. How, How are you? How did you not figure this out? So anyway, they yeah. can't, they get Eve. They get, she gets there and they re- ha- the look on Hank's face when Eve comes through the door. He was just, again, from the highest highs to the lowest lows. <laughs> he was like, fuck. When Hank and Mr. FBI are like tied up together and they're like talking to each other. And the, the one French guy, I can't keep him straight, was like, uh, yeah, we know about your other accomplice or something like that. And then they hear uh, Eve's voice mm-hmm. and then Hank's like that sounds like Eve she's not supposed to be here god Hank is an idiot Hank is an idiot I'm so glad you don't like Hank I hate Hank he's so dumb Hank I literally wrote in my notes you stupid motherfucker <laughs> at one point what did I write oh he asked Eve when they were all tied up what happens if she really does start to run out of oxygen what what do you think happens Hank <laughs> why does this need to be explained to you by doctor oh so funny he's so stupid and yeah he does say he asks her what happens if she you know if i think in one of the flashbacks like you said or i don't know no while she's there he asks what happens if she runs out of oxygen and so she starts saying like oh she'll start hallucinating and she'll try to fight for a little bit but eventually she'll just give over and die like of course yes that's what happens when you mm-hmm. don't get enough oxygen and the music right then was like building up it was like this dramatic thing and then it got to the end and then she'll die and it was like this shocker like (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) like yeah that's that's what we've been worried about this whole time for like several episodes at this point yes yes we you can't shock us with this anymore you can shock hank though hank's a fucking idiot i can't stand him he is an idiot so in let's let's very quickly snap over to where sheridan is losing consciousness and uh she's banging on her coffin and i i take issue with one thing that sheridan said while she was banging on her coffin she's banging on her coffin and she's saying we should have told louise we should have let louise know because louise would have come and rescued me by now we should have so uh the whole point of them leaving Luis out of the loop, they explained this, is that his emotions needed to be real. However, had you seen the episodes where Hank shoots Sheridan, Hank's fucking performance was horrific. Like, it was so bad. He, he's like, oh my God, I killed Sheridan. Oh my God. Like, I'm sure Luis could have put on quite the same level of performance that you did. Okay. (laughs) Although, I guess in their defense, Hank is now tied up by the French people. Louise is not. They don't think that Louise knows. No, Louise doesn't know. 
but that's right. the point in the in the in the flashbacks sheridan was very adamant she wanted them to let Luis know that this and bring him in on the plan so he would be a part of the plan just in case something goes wrong right then again he probably would have ended up right there with them in the warehouse yeah <laughs> to be yeah, honest for sure so, because everybody in this town is so dumb. So, oh, <laughs> so dumb. I love them, but they're stupid. Mm. Um, so Sheridan is like banging on her coffin. She's regretting the fact that she didn't tell Louise. We find out that she did like sneak out at one point and tried to tell Louise, like, because we saw that. We saw her on the docks with Louise right after she died. And he, everybody made him think that he was just seeing things. It was like an apparition. It was just his grief. Um, but he like hugged her and everything, but he was like, it was so real, but everybody gaslit in him into thinking that it wasn't Sheridan to the point that I thought, oh, I guess he's just having a vision. Like, really? I was like, oh, I think, I guess he was just having a vision. Cause that happens in this show. People have visions of other people who are dead or gone. Like, I believe we're going to get a princess Diana one again, but, um, but, uh, Sheridan had like several conversations with Princess Diana in like the first 30 episodes, like on the other side. <laughs> so, so it's believable for the show that Luis just was seeing things because he's so grief stricken. But we see that he wasn't seeing things, seeing things. She really was alive and really did come to find him, which I actually was glad to see that that was, he wasn't losing his mind. Um, but She's saying, I wish I had told Luis, he's never going to know that, um, you know, how I really died. I did this because um, this plan, she says, I want to show Luis how strong I am and that I can be counted on and how strong you are. I don't know, girl, maybe work out with him or something like go to the gym. You would agree to be buried alive. You agreed to be a buried alive to show Luis that you could be counted on to protect yourself. You can't protect yourself. Obviously, you're about right. to die. Yeah, you, you really I, failed with that. I love Sheridan. I really do. Sheridan has grown. Of every character on this show, Sheridan has grown the most. Like, she started out and she was really shitty, and I really did not like her at all. And she has grown so much to the point that I'm like, I love her. She's a smart woman. She knows how to fly a fucking plane. She speaks like three languages. She's a smart lady. She she has every single time that Roger and Pierre like sent somebody after her, she has basically like killed them. Like she has taken care of herself multiple times. You know, she gets herself into some situations, but she gets herself out of them very well. She should not have listened to Hank. This was stupid. And Hank only just only wanted to bury her alive and fake her death to help himself. It had nothing to do with Sheridan. Sheridan could have, he could have easily just said, Sheridan, your life is still in danger. The FBI, the FBI should not call off the, because basically they were going to call off the investigation because she had like 24 hour surveillance, like um, bodyguards. Luis was her bodyguard. Um, they were going to call that off because they thought there was no threat left to her life anymore because Roger and Pierre had basically gone underground. He could have told them, no, they still out here trying to kill her. Easy peasy. Right. Why don't we, why don't we keep this plan that's been working and that's been keeping Sheridan alive? No, what if we try this one that will very likely kill Sheridan if anything goes wrong? So dumb. So honey, uh, Eve, let's go back to the, to the warehouse where these people being held hostage. 
when Eve gets there, and like you said, Hanks was so like surprised, like what's gonna happen. Um, Pierre tells everybody that there's no hope for Sheridan now. Like you will never, she's gonna die and you're gonna die too. All of you are gonna die. Sheridan's gonna die, it'll be your fault. And you're gonna die and that's your fault too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he said, Roger says, I'm gonna kill you, but then he doesn't kill them. He just sits there. He does that thing back in Paris. He and Roger like kidnapped Sheridan at one point. Technically she kidnapped herself, but um, they got a hold of her and held her hostage. And they were like, we're going to kill you. But then they sat there and like play Baccarat or whatever the fuck. And, and, and uh, like smoked cigarettes and, and she got away because they just sat there saying they were going to kill her and never <laughs> did that's my only issue with Roger and Pierre. Like, if you're going to murder people, murder the people. You just got to do it. Do the thing. Yeah. God damn it. But I guess the plan now is that they're going to take them out to sea and throw them overboard. So nobody, yeah, so that the shark people, can eat them and you, nobody will know. They can't be connected to their deaths. But you could just kill them and throw their bodies in the ocean. Right. I you're, don't know. You're leaving so many holes for things to go wrong. Seriously. So they're just sitting there playing like, cards or whatever waiting on the boat to show up yeah and so um chad meanwhile has gone to the hospital to find eve because eve is supposed to be helping him um find his parents with like this dna database that's a whole other ridiculous thing that we do not need to talk about but eve is supposed to be helping him find his parents so he has gone to the hospital to find her and the nurse tells him that she didn't leave a note she didn't leave anything, uh, uh, a number where she could be reached, even though she has a cell phone, but that's whatever. Um, and so he, the nurse lets him just like hang out in her office. Office, yeah. It's a doctor's office. You really yeah. gonna let some random looky-loo hang out in her office while she's not there? Yeah, probably, probably super secret confidential medical information in there. Have at it. For sure. But she lets him hang out in there and says, like, you can wait for her here. Like, there, it's a hospital. There are several waiting rooms. Yeah. You can, you can wait in the room literally designed for waiting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've got a place for that. We, we, we've got an app for that. So <laughs> um, anyway, while he's in there waiting, he sees, like, the pad that she wrote down the address on because the nurse told her, told him she wrote down the address and she just ran out. Oh, and she also says, and she needed this envelope. I don't know what's in that envelope. She was like, oh my goodness, she left this envelope here and she definitely needed it for tonight. Like, is that what is supposed to wake up Sheridan? Is that like the the the, the antidote to whatever yeah. poison she's given Sheridan? Right. What's in the what's in the envelope? What's in the envelope? That's gonna turn up. out to be like his DNA tests or something results. His no, no, because he I don't think he's done that yet. I don't oh, think oh, okay. so. Um, anyway, he like makes out the address by like, um, yeah, scratching over it with like a pencil, kind of like, I don't know, you know, it makes out the little imprint and he's like, okay. And he goes down to the docs. He's like, this can't be right. What the fuck is she doing in a place like this? And so when, at one point, Pierre goes out to go see if the boat is there. So Roger is in with the hostages alone and, uh, Chad looks at the window and sees like, oh my God, these people are being held hostage. And instead of yeah. going to get help, 
he decides to take things into his own hands, matters into his own hands. So he like makes a, a noise outside. So Roger comes out. And when Roger comes out to investigate, he, like hits him over the head with the trash can with lid. The trash can lid. <laughs> Which is cute. Like it's cute, but don't hit him once. Hit him like 10 times. Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it. You got to do it. <laughs> if you're going to do it, do the shit and take the man's gun. Yeah. Actually, I think he did take the gun. He, yeah, actually he did. He took the gun. But yeah. then the other one came back with the gun, I think. Yeah, he did yeah. take the gun. So he he managed to get inside free. He managed to free Eve. And then Hal and Hank were like, don't worry about us. Le- yeah. set, leave and, and, and go. But at, before they can go, Pierre comes back in, shoots Chad in the chest. Chad falls down. Chad has been through so much, Douglas. Chad has been through so fucking much. Like, this is his third brush with death, I think third or fourth fourth it's his fourth he's been through a lot in this town one he um a whole like construction site like scaffolding fell on him when he was pushing uh, Whitney out of the way so like that happened then he had to have like life-saving surgery and then he almost drowned in the the prom boat disaster say trying to save Whitney again um and then his wounds from when all of that shit fell on him, like opened up and he was like bleeding out all over town and he almost died because he refused to go to the hospital because he's poor. And now this, now he's been shot. Chad's been through it. It's a rough, it's a rough go for Chad. It's hard out here in these streets for Chad. So Chad, poor Chad. I, Although, that, again, again, mm. did, I mean, call, call, call 911 and then hit the guy with the trash can. Right. Make sure help's on the way. Right. And I, now, Chad, I don't know if Chad has a cell phone. And we do have to remember that it is the year 2000. So he mm-hmm. needed to, he needed to go and find, if he didn't have a cell phone, which I, I'm not sure if he does, because he's like super poor. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he could have, it's the year 2000, so pay phones abound, right? Yeah. Call 911 for free mm-hmm. on a pay phone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like he should have gone to get help instead of trying to take on two fucking assailants with guns. Yeah. You know, with and, uh, with just a trash can lid. Yeah. But it was very heroic. It was stupid, but heroic. Uh, Pierre comes in, shoots him. He's lying there bleeding out. He's looking up at Eve. And this is kind of important. And he's going, mom, mom. He's calling her mom. Eve is not his mother but he but they're gonna lead us to believe that she is for a long time they're gonna lead us to believe that she's his mom for a long time um so that's a whole thing that's coming up and so uh, they they tend to drag things out oh i went when i was first doing my homework for this i was like looking up you know and there's you know synopses and everything and they they list like the airing dates and I was like oh this was five days a week how did they have enough material for five episodes a week the answer is they didn't <laughs> the answer is they didn't they that didn't. is so true that's they how you get away with it they drag it out and drag it out forever and ever and ever. like I told you we've been on this particular night for like 15 episodes yeah right like in these like two hours right Sheridan was buried okay like and i love how everybody keeps having like the same epiphany over and over again when you flash back to a story they'll give you a full recap <laughs> and then come to the same epiphany and start taking action but this is what's that we done been new yes <laughs> we, this is what 
has been going on this whole time. Like they keep on realizing there's no hope for Sheridan now. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and Sheridan in her grave keeps on saying, somebody must, something must have gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you already got there. And you already panicked up this last time we were in there. Every time we go back to a story, they just do the same thing over and over again several times. Yes. Which is actually helpful if you're dropping in in the middle like me. Because yeah. then I'm like, oh yeah, that's what's happening. So See, I think why, that's how it can work. That's why I felt like this would work is because you they they fill you in constantly. Yeah. Like constantly on what's going on. They recap. You get, I don't know, six minutes of new material per episode. Like, right. Right. Which is something you, if if you grew up in the age of streaming, you might not you might not really understand. You had to sit your ass down at a certain time to see a show. So if you couldn't see one day for a five episodes a week, you you could get back on track pretty easy this way. Yes. This wasn't something nowadays you watch every episode. That's not how things were. You had to like tape it. You had to like get a fancy VCR that would tape at a certain time on a certain channel and you could program it. I know. So fancy. I taped Passions a few times myself. Did you? Hell yeah. When I had rehearsals and shit, because Passions and Chattanooga came on after Days. Days came on at three and then Passions came on at four and I got out of school at four and I would be home usually by like 4.15. So like I would be able to, like after school, I got home pretty fast because my school was pretty close to my house. So um, I would get home and immediately like jump into Passions and uh, I missed like the first 15 to 20 minutes of the show, but I usually got most episodes, but when I had rehearsals for musicals, choir, shit like that, like I had to stay after school. So yeah, I would, I would record it. Oh, mm-hmm. cause I was like in programming passion. those VCRs was not easy. No, it wasn't like a touch screen. There are like random buttons. You have to learn each individual machine. Yeah. Once you know how to do it, it's like, you can do it. But the crazy thing about VCRs was that if you knew how to do it on your VCR, you knew how to do it on your VCR. But if right. you couldn't do it on somebody else, <laughs> you need you need a manual. You got to get the manual. Like I know how to do it on my Sony VCR, but I don't know what to do with your fucking like JVC VCR yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Mo- T- Toshiba, Mitsubishi. Yeah. I don't know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> so yeah, you need a whole thing. But yeah, no. Uh, they had to, they do a lot of recapping. A lot of recapping. A lot, a lot of recapping. Um, yeah. but when but when shit happens, it's really it's really exciting and ridiculous yeah. and absurd and crazy. Yeah. So Chad is down, and Eve is like, you have to let me tend to him. He's gonna die. And Pierre's like, Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> Again, ev- just everybody's stupid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so dumb. I know he's gonna die, bitch. I, he- I, obviously, I don't care about that. He's like, um, and Roger gets real mad and like manhandles Eve and then kicks Chad in the side and is like, nobody's going to save Sheridan. And like, it was so nasty. The way he kicked him, you already shot yeah. him. Damn. Right. Damn. That's too much. Poor, Damn. poor Chad. Um, we already talked about how Sheridan wakes up momentarily and kisses Timmy, thinking that he's Louise. So, whatever uh and then passes back out 
Uh, that's basically where kind of where we leave it. Uh, Sheridan is trapped in her casket, and Julian's coming with the the um cement truck. Yeah. Also, the casket opens, and then and when does it close again? I guess maybe they just didn't show it, but like, why wouldn't they show this one thing? But when maybe when they actually leave the grave, they like close the casket first. Yeah. But why didn't Timmy object when they closed the casket? Right. Like he's objecting after they're out of the hole and leaving like, but she's alive. You're too late, Timmy. You're too, you're too late, Timmy. <laughs> oh, Douglas. You're hilarious. I love you. I love you. Okay, so that's where we leave it within this week. You got anything to add? Oh, one more thing. Mm-hmm. I wrote in my notes, uh, this fucking guy reading his emails, he's sending from a Palm Pilot or some shit. One of the Frenchmen was like, these are my evil plans. <laughs> like on his Palm Pilot, like typing out an email. I don't even know to who, but just reading out loud. I, you know what I don't even I didn't even see that I probably just glazed glossed right over it it was like very quick I didn't even see it but that's hilarious they do have they we use palm pilots in this fucking show there's, there's several people with palm pilots and it is a shock to see them <laughs> yeah so do do the fans know what a palm pilot is the fans of this show do because everybody on everybody who listens to this podcast is it has to be over the age of 27 like the i feel like the the youngest person listening to this is 27 y'all write into me if i'm wrong if there's some if there's some gen z listening i'd love to hear from you but i don't think they care (laughs) (laughs) because this is honestly the whole podcast is really very nostalgic like for me it's like about like telling the story or whatever but it's really about the nostalgia of watching this fucking awful show. I mean, it's good, but it's bad. It's bad. It's good, it's but it's good. bad. But from my childhood, from my formative years that like, you know, it makes me relive when people had Palm Pilots. My mom had a Palm Pilot. My dad had one. My dad had one too. They both had Palm Pilots. There was like a special alphabet that they learned, I feel like, to type to write with their stylus. It was like an A, it was just like a triangle almost. Right. I don't know. I remember thinking they were super cool. Oh, they were so high tech. I remember thinking they were so cool. And they and now on the and then watching it back, because there's another character whose name is Reese, who's like a real geek, and he has a palm pilot and he's constantly like looking things up on his palm pilot. And the way they show it on the show, it's as if he has an iPhone and is looking up things the way we Google things. And that is just not how it worked in the year 2000. (laughs) That shit did not work like that. It's kind of, it's very visionary of the authors to envision a personal device that is just connected to the internet at all times that you can find everything. It was old people who didn't know how the tech worked at all writing this show. That's what it, that's what that boils down to. Old people. All right, so uh, this old person's got to take a little break, and we've got to say a quick thank you to our patron. All right, so I'm going to say a thank you. Big thank you to Munashe, Marcus, Erica, Brie Lynn, 
Lisa, Zach, Sid, Serana, Dustin, Heather, Randall, Ashley, Hannah, Camelia, Amanda, Monique, Samantha, Amy, Chucky, and Jeanette. Thank you all so much for being patrons. I love you. You are very instrumental in keeping this show on the air, you know, because it covers my little costs. So thank you so, 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 so much. And remember all of you out there in listening land, if you too would like to become a patron, you just go on over to patreon.com slash passions podcast and join up any tier you like. Okay. I think we've got a $2 tier, a $6 tier, you know, there's something good budget friendly for everybody. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're also going to start back doing, um, for the patrons doing, uh, watch parties this month, March, I, I think, you know what, this is going to air in March at some point, And I don't know exactly when, <laughs> <laughs> but patrons, we do, we do some watch parties. We do a Martimi happy hour. So, and some other fun things. So go on over there and see what, what's, what's happening. What's the haps. Also the discord, there's a discord server that you get access to. So check it out. All right. Now to move on back to passion fate oh lord 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 teresa 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 let's talk teresa lopez fitzgerald here's your summary everybody after learning of teresa's relationship with ethan from rebecca Luis flips the fuck out and forbids teresa from ever seeing ethan again teresa and Luis argue about ethan a lot ethan eventually shows up and he and Luis get into a physical fight Pilar begs Ethan to leave and never see Teresa again because their relationship is tearing her family apart. Ethan leaves, and because she's an absolute lunatic, Teresa decides to sneak out and elope with him despite the fact that he hasn't asked her to marry him. That's how that goes. Teresa's a nut. <laughs> I hate Teresa. <gasps> Oh my God, Douglas! No! Why? What? Wait, wait! Don't you? No, don't you know? no, Teresa, my girl, that's my baby. You the uh-uh. We call her the lovable lunatic. She's a lunatic, but we love her for it. I, I, ever. She only has one level, and it is <laughs> whiny. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? She delivers every line. With you dropping into these episodes at this moment, I could see why you would hate Teresa. Like, I can see it. But Teresa is a lovely girl. Like, she really is. And she generally is very, like, positive and upbeat and very, like, all about, like, good vibes, good things. But she, yeah, no, she's having a, she's having a rough time. She is a crazy person. Don't get me wrong. Like she's an absolute lunatic. Like, and right now, right now the bitch is manic. Okay. She's just. That's true. She's, she's going off the deep end. So let's, let's go over this shit. So Teresa is at home <laughs> preparing, <laughs> preparing this presentation for her and Louise. So she can tell, break the news to Luis that she and Ethan are in a relationship. And she has ordered ginormous blown up pictures posters of her and her brother, of her and Luis, um, I guess to soften him up. I don't know. All I know is that if my brother ordered giant pictures of me and him and like put them around the house, I think 
he was about to murder me. I think yeah. that something really bad was probably about to happen. Like, what is going on in your this head? A bad plan. Are are you about to like annihilate the family? What are you? What is this? Yeah. Right. Like. So she—that's not. If you're ever trying to like convince me of something or like butter me up, don't just like have gigantic ass pictures of the two of us printed and then have me walk in and be like, "Surprise! Look at these gigantic ass pictures." Right. It's like if you're throwing like a party and there's like some pictures of you, like a surprise party or something like that. Okay. But even if it's just me and you in the picture, that's still weird. It should be pictures of me and like other people. And he, Luis walked in and, you know, before she kind of figured out that he already knew, she was like, I planned this special moment for the two of us to, you know, talk about how much we love each other or get along or we're brothers and sisters. There's this other bitch there. (laughs) Whitney. (laughs) Whitney's her best friend who is like constantly trying to talk her off a ledge okay so Whitney was there telling her like this is a bad idea (laughs) and it seems like that's Whitney's only role in the show it does that is a major part of her role is just trying to talk Teresa down she does have her own shit with Chad but we didn't get any of that this week and we haven't been getting much of it recently but um but because but like her whole thing with Chad is that like I told you, they're going to lead us to believe that Eve is his mother. Eve is Whitney's mother for sure, for sure. Okay. So they're doing like this whole, like, are they brother and sister oh. incest thing? It's actually really interesting and like taboo and like, I don't know, really cool for the time. I feel like now it's like, now it's like with the Lannisters, who cares if siblings on TV are fucking each other? <laughs> Seen it. Seen it. But um, no, they they. I, but the uh, passions really kind of push the envelope there. Okay, yeah. pushing in, pushing things forward. But anyway, this is not about Whitney. This is about Teresa, the other bitch. <laughs> so, yes, she's prepared all this stuff. She's said she's cooked his favorite meal. All of this. They're gonna have a wonderful night. He shows up. He's pissed because. At the gravesite where he was with Sheridan, after because all of this happens the day of Sheridan's funeral. So he comes back from Sheridan's funeral, who he's like in love with. Like he loves Sheridan Crane so, 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 so much. So he's having a hard time. Like I do need to give him a little bit of grace. He is having a hard time. Um, comes back. He was at the gravesite where Rebecca tells him, your sister is Ethan's mistress. And that he called off his wedding because of her and says like, he took, he flew her down to Bermuda. He bought her some stuff from Bermuda. They went to the ballet together. She was found in his bed with him. All of these things. Now, the truth is she is making it seem more salacious than it actually was. All of those things were actually very, very innocent and had, they weren't in a relationship at all during that time. Teresa had been helping him plan his wedding to Gwen because Gwen had like fucked off to New York and left her in charge of, which by the way, she was in high school, but left her in charge of like planning her million dollar wedding. So that's what happened. Um, so all the times that they kind of, he, she talks about were all really honestly, pretty much all times where Gwen had insisted 
that Teresa be with Ethan for whatever event or for whatever it is. Okay. So they were not in a relationship. That is all. Everything was really all above board for a while. And then it, then they did end up in a relationship. Things did go, go across the line, but they've only kissed. So he comes in, he basically starts accusing her of being like, I think he calls her Ethan's concubine or some bullshit. Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> he comes in hot and starts just like accusing her right out the gate of like all of these things. And like, mind you, he is her brother. You ain't his, her daddy. You are her brother. And he's accusing her of all of this shit. And she is devastated. She's like, well, how did he know what, who told him? You know, she finally figures out it was probably Rebecca and Gwen. Yeah. Um, but she says to him, you know, it was all very innocent. And he goes like, I'll be back in a minute. And he goes to her room, comes back with like two dresses that she got from Bermuda when she went on a trip with Ethan to Bermuda. And he's like, you lied to me. You told me that these were hand-me-downs from the Crane sisters, but you got these when you went on that trip to Bermuda with Ethan. Here's the thing. Here's my problem. Louise can't have all of these issues with all of these things that Teresa has done and where she's been. If you think you're, if you're going to act like a father, then act, be the father figure and know where the fuck she is. How the fuck did you not know she was in Bermuda? Yeah. How did you not know that? How did you not know that she had a job working at the crane mansion? Like you clearly are not as interested in your sister as you act like you are. Yeah. You just care about her fucking vagina and making sure that nobody in a penis doesn't go in it. Yeah. That's what you're worried about. Yeah. And, and making sure it's not a crane penis. Okay. Specifically. Exactly. But That's he all... feels entitled to make that decision. Yes. And the fact that he feels so entitled pisses me off. Oh yeah. Oh. It's, I, don't, I did not care for the way that he like talked to her, all of this shit. Ugh. So he goes, just goes on and on about asserting that she had the sexual relationship with Ethan. She keeps trying to defend herself. They go, they go back and forth on this for a very long time. And then finally, Pilar comes in, their mother. And l- let us remember, this is Pilar's house. This is not Luis's house. It is not Teresa's house. It's Pilar's house. She's the mama. She's the adult here. I mean, they're all adults, but she is the matriarch. Yeah. She comes in and uh, Teresa like goes to her, tries to get her to explain to Luis that Ethan's not like the rest of the cranes. He's, he's different. He's a, he's a good man. And Pilar believes this. Pilar believes that Ethan is a good man. She basically raised Ethan, honestly. So Pilar know that Ethan's not a crane pilar knows that yeah okay pilar knows that but that is not something pilar is willing to divulge she does not want that to come out um so she kind of takes up for ethan is like yes ethan's not as bad as you think he is but she's basically kind of turns on Teresa and is like i knew that your love for ethan would destroy this family and now it has pilar this is frankly this is pilar's fault okay because Way back in like episode 25, Teresa wanted to get this job at the Crane Mansion working for Ivy. And Pilar told her, no, you can't do this. And then Teresa just did it anyway. And Pilar works at the mansion. Just tell Ivy, my daughter can't work for you. Yeah. Like she's my kid. I don't want her working here. 
and that's that if she had done that we wouldn't have found ourselves here yeah but she pilar just recently decided to like act like a mother i i love her i like pilar but like she cares more about the cranes it feels like to me than she does for her own family like i know she loves her family but it it just feels like sometimes she puts the cranes above her own kids and Mm -hmm. their own well-being because she she really kind of knew where this was going she knew Teresa loved Ethan and she had I think she had a feeling that Ethan might fall for her too yeah but she just didn't do anything about it she just kept telling Teresa you must stop this Teresa that's not do something girl and how how old is Teresa boom here's a good thank you thank you thank you so all of a sudden Teresa's an adult I I have, I have been under the impression, Teresa's been in high school for this whole time. We were under the impression she was in high school. I haven't seen a graduation. I haven't heard anything about a graduation, what you're doing after graduation, nothing about that. Now, all of a sudden, we hear that Teresa's no longer in high school. And I, like, Luis says it in a way that makes it sound like she's a grown-up. And then later on, actually, I think it's in the next episodes that I've watched, um, somebody else says, well, she's an adult. You can't do anything to, you can't stop her. So Teresa's an adult now. They just decided to make her an adult, but she's still, e- even if she is an adult, it's like, she's 18. That's gotta be what right. it is. Yeah, yeah. She can't be any older than 18 right now. And this is a conversation that Laura and I have had in depth about like how old we think Ethan is. And we think Ethan is no younger than 25. Right. Because to go to go four years of college and then at least two years of um, law school. Right. So, yeah, we think he is no no younger than 25. And she's a child. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, um, that's how old she is. To answer your question, we think she's 18. Yikes. 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 And she was 17 when he met her. Oh, yikes. So, um, Pilar is trying to get her family to listen to her and they won't as usual. Pilar comes in. Luis then is mad at Pilar for not telling him about everything. And it's like, how could you keep this from me? And she's like, well, I just knew that you would be upset about it. And I never thought it would get this far. And he's like, well, it has, hasn't it? He tells both of them, this is all over. You're never going to see Ethan again, blah, blah, blah. Teresa refuses saying like, I'm not going to end my relationship with him. Um, And then Louise keeps going on about how Ethan is using her. And he's just a typical crane who's just using her and, and thinks he owns everyone because he's a crane and, and has ownership. But my issue is, Luis is acting like he has ownership over Teresa. Yep. Constantly. Hot kettle. He's acting like he has ownership over Teresa and he does not own her. Yeah. Um, so if it's you have an issue with that with Ethan, maybe you should look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so Pilar then breaks the news to Teresa that because she <laughs> For some reason, she was there when, when Sheridan's will was being read. Oh, right. So she breaks the news to Teresa that Sheridan left in her will money for Ethan and Gwen's kids. So she's like, I don't know. He might not choose you. I don't know. Um, and so Louise continues to try to convince Teresa to see things his way and say, like, and get her to 
stop seeing Ethan altogether. And he at this point has calmed down because Oh, I forgot to explain that she had those giant fucking pictures and he just like beat them to smithereens. He beat up the boards. He punched them. It was scary. It was scary. He he went berserk. Um, So anyway, they go back and forth forever and ever and ever. Finally, uh, Ethan shows up. Because mm-hmm. he's been worried about Teresa. He knew Teresa was planning he on telling to be there for moral support. Yeah, telling Luis. So he finally shows up. And uh when he gets there, Luis is not too happy. Like he just like punches him almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and they get into a fist fight. And this part was hilarious because they get into this fight, and then uh Teresa jumps on Luis's back and he's just like swinging around with her on his back. And uh, they, they're like breaking up the house. The house is being yeah. destroyed, yeah. which by the way, again, with the timeline shit, Gwen came to this house with a baseball bat night before last when, when, when Ethan called off the wedding, she came to that, to their house and, uh, went on a rampage and tried to kill Teresa with a baseball bat, but she like destroyed that house. So they just cleaned it up. They've just gotten it cleaned up. Yeah. They just got it cleaned up, Uh, but they're destroying it again. Poor Pilar. Poor Pilar is like, Ethan, just go. Yeah. Ethan, just go. You're destroying my my family. I I said, oh, this fight is my shit. Kick his ass. <laughs> and then I wrote, but Teresa's annoying ass in the background. No. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, uh, shut up. She did jump on his back. She was doing She did eventually stuff. do something. Oh, also, one more thing about Teresa. Mm-hmm. Who, who did her eye makeup? She looks terrible. You what? You are just a hater today. I don't I like think, Teresa. I, don't I think like Teresa, Teresa is the most beautiful woman in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not into Teresa. Maybe it's where I started, but I just feel like these whole five episodes, all she was doing was whining. Every line was delivered with the exact same intention and urgency and emotion. Yeah. Uh, Teresa begs multiple times begs Luis not to hate Ethan please don't hate Ethan he's not a bad guy you can't hate him Luis I don't want to lose you but I will because I love Ethan right yeah no she I mean she was on 12 the whole time for sure okay here's a question for you knowing the full background Ethan is choosing between Gwen and Teresa what team are you on Teresa, Teresa, 100%. Let, sh- shall I explain? Here's the thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> First of all, Gwen sucks. Gwen sucks. Okay. I don't like her. I don't, I don't like Gwen. I didn't get to know Gwen very well during these episodes. She doesn't do a lot. She doesn't do a whole lot. She sucks. And she's a snob. She's, she sucks. I don't like Gwen. And uh, the thing about Teresa is I really like Teresa. And I kind of, the reason I want Teresa want him to choose Teresa is that I want Teresa to get what Teresa wants. I don't like Ethan because Ethan, honestly, neither of these women should be with both of these women deserve better than Ethan is mm. the thing is how I feel about it. 
Um, but when it boils down to it, I do want Teresa to get what Teresa wants because I like Teresa better than I like Gwen. But I don't think that Ethan is what's best for her at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I like Teresa. I'm, I'm team Teresa all day, every day. My, I, my whole thing was I just kept writing about Teresa to Ethan. Run, bro. <laughs> yeah. Get out of there. Get out of there. I don't, I don't know. Maybe Gwen's just as bad because she didn't do a lot in these episodes. So I don't know much about Gwen. But to me, the choice is very obvious. Get, <laughs> get away from Teresa. <laughs> this, you got to get away from her. She the, is the, the worst. The wider passions community would disagree with you. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. But there are, there are people who agree. There are people who hate Teresa. I... It, I I don't know any of them, but they are people. There are people out there who hate Teresa and like like Gwen for some reason. But uh, I love Teresa. That's my that's my girl. This girl has willed everything that she ever wanted. She, manifestation is a real thing for her. Okay, like she manifested Ethan into her life. She manifested all of this shit, and I I'm just impressed. I'm really impressed. Truly. Truly. Well, I mean, good, you know, make make your dreams come true. Make it happen. Speak it into the universe. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Make it happen. One other thing I did write, like Ethan, Ethan looks a little bit like a thumb, right? Yes. Okay. Oh my okay. god, I'm pretty sure Laura said the exact same thing oh, really? on an episode. <laughs> yeah. He, he does. He looks yeah. Like yeah. He looks like a thumb. <laughs> these two women fighting over this thumb looking motherfucker who's an idiot he's a thumb looker and he's a, an idiot oh so um anyway ethan realizing the havoc he has wreaked in this home says okay i'm gonna i'm gonna leave pilar says you you basically essentially destroyed my family please leave Ethan, just go. That was my favorite line of the all the episodes. Ethan, just go. And uh, he does. He says, you know what? You're right. I, um, I'm very sorry, Pilar. I never wanted to do this to you because he loves Pilar. And again, Pilar basically raised right. Ethan. So Pilar knows Ethan. They have a very a special relationship between the two of them. And so he doesn't want to hurt Pilar. He doesn't want to see her in upset any more than she already has been considering her husband is missing. One of her sons is missing. Like now her two, two uh, children are like at each other's throats saying they're never going to see each other again and never talk to each other again. And so he's, he leaves. He's like, it's not worth it. It's not worth breaking up your entire family yeah and sh Teresa runs after him it's like Ethan don't go I love you don't go and he comes back and he says to her he holds her in his arms and he says I'm sorry my love and he leaves yeah well then Teresa goes back in and she, line. what'd you say sorry my love oh my love oh, oh I thought it was sweet oh, I'm sorry my love never tell me that oh sorry my love Ugh. so Teresa comes back in of course she lays into to Luis you ruined my life you're not my brother anymore I'm never gonna talk to you again all of this shit um yeah 
Luis tells Pilar, you know, it, this is all for the best after Teresa storms off to her bedroom. This is all for the best. And then he turns to Pilar and like starts going off on her talking about how could you keep this from me? And I wrote my notes because you are her child, not the other way around. She can keep whatever the fuck she wants to from you. And also like, I think your behavior right now is demonstrating why she did not tell you. Yep, exactly. She didn't tell you because you would blow up and yeah. get violent. Get violent. Because you and, are a violent man. And be unreasonable. Yeah. So unreasonable. Like Teresa's on 12 and a lot of things are going on and a lot of things are happening. But Luis is being wholly unreasonable. Unreasonable. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Like this is your sister. She's not your daughter. And even if she was your daughter, this is still unreasonable. Yeah. And in this whole conversation about you know who Ethan's gonna choose it is interesting to me that we and previously on this podcast the conversation has been had about Teresa's age they're not that's not in the calculation as to who he's gonna choose that never shows up as a reason it's like I don't want to break up her family but it's never like I'm a pedophile (laughs) that's never brought up that's, it never it never comes up. You are absolutely never, right. They never bring up her age. And I wonder if I and actually I, I think that this is just a sign of the changing times. In the year 2000, this was before the Me Too movement. This was before there was as much general awareness and, and um I don't know, focus on sexual exploitation of vulnerable people in general. Mm-hmm. And like the power dynamic and relationships. Mm-hmm. And it was looked at as acceptable, right? Like it's acceptable for a younger woman to be with an older man, right? So yeah, they it is a sign of the change, a big change, because that this wouldn't fly on TV. Like, have you watched Euphoria? No, it, I haven't. Okay, well, it would be it would it would be treated like it's treated on Euphoria, where it's like you're you're a rapist, <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. it, like it happens and younger, younger women date older men, but the man is like vilified, like, no, yeah. you, you, this is not acceptable. Right. But yeah. in, in passions, it's just like, well, I don't want to break up her family. Well, in passions, it's like, it's romantic. It's like, right. it's romantic. It's romanticized. Yeah. Ugh. Like, can yeah. you think back to when we were 18 like dating a 25 year old at or least. 17 if, if I was in high school think back to when we were at like seniors in high school can you imagine dating a 25 year old when you're 17 years old and like no what what do we have to talk about right what but the thing I don't get about is from the older person's perspective yeah, yeah. why are you what do you have to talk when I talk to to an 18-year-old, nothing against 18-year-olds, but I we don't have anything in common. Not generally, no. No. Although I am starting another podcast with Naya and called Generational Divide. And Naya's my niece, everybody. And she is 18. She's gonna be 19. And actually, but she's super smart. But anyway, we we've been having very good conversations. But it's really cool to like talk to a younger person and kind of get their perspective on shit. Because like you said, like I don't have anything in common with where you are in your life. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, we it, 
yes no could not date an 18 year old 17 year old but yeah that is a very different thing than a romantic relationship no couldn't do it wouldn't do it don't want to do it not ever not interested no not at all so honey Teresa goes to her room packs a bag and says to Whitney her friend who's just hanging out Whitney's just hanging out he's just kind of around she says to Whitney I'm leaving. I'm going to the Crane Mansion to elope with Ethan. How? Girl, that man has not man, he has not proposed to you. He has not told, given you any, any indication that he wants to marry you, which is what Louise keeps saying to her, has been saying to her. It's like, he hasn't proposed to you. He doesn't, he's not going to marry you. Gwen's got a ring on her finger. They were supposed to get married. Like, he's going to choose her. He's a crane. He's never going to choose the housekeeper's daughter. He keeps yeah. saying this to her. She is like, no, he's going to elope because he's going to elope with me because I love him and he loves me because she's a nut because she's a lunatic who's also a child with a child brain because yeah. she's a child. Right. So Whitney tries to tell her too. Whitney always tries to tell, tries her. To tell her he hasn't proposed to you. And she, her comeback is like angry with Whitney for even daring to bring up that he hasn't proposed. And she's like, he loves me like you idiot. He loves me. <laughs> obviously we're going to elope because he loves me because you're an idiot Whitney child she you're an idiot Teresa you're an idiot Teresa bless her heart she goes out the window Louise comes in the room is looking for Teresa Whitney like tries to cover for her because Teresa begs her to cover for her but she doesn't do a very good job and Louise of course immediately realizes that she's gone off to find Ethan so Louise then gets his gun grabs his gun and he gets your gun. He gets his gun. Is like, I'm going to bring Teresa home one way or the other. Yeah. going to make sure that no security guard or crane prevents me from getting my sister. It was dumb. Yeah. Luis is, like you said, a violent man. He's out. He's unhinged. And so Teresa goes over to the mansion and she walks in on Ethan saying to Ivy, you know, I think I'm going to have to call things off with Teresa. And, you know, it's just not worth breaking up her family. I don't want to do this to her. And then he says, maybe Luis is right about me. Maybe I am just like the other cranes. Maybe subconsciously I have been playing with Teresa. Like these are weird thoughts to start having, you know, but he's like, maybe, maybe I am playing fast and loose with her, with her happiness. And she barges in and is like, no, Ethan, you can't do this to me. Yeah. And that's where we ended this week. Yes, 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 Teresa. yes. Teresa, final thoughts, Douglas? Both of these women, Teresa and Gwen, respect yourself. Ciao. Respect yourself. Don't let this thumb looker tell you he's not sure who he's going to choose yet. All right, bye. Especially Gwen. Especially Gwen, because they've been together for years, Okay. And he called off their wedding because he had been cheating on her with another woman. Bye. 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 He called off their wedding the night before. Bye. Goodbye. No, we're not going to date each other. No, goodbye. Yeah, we've done that. Remember when we did that for the last many years? Like the last fucking decade? Yeah, we did this. We're good. I'm, yeah, I'm so good. If you but... don't know now, you don't know. Yeah. If it's yeah. a maybe, it's a no. If it's, <laughs> it's a no. Yes. That's how I shop. I used to say that if I, if I, when I like go get 
clothes or stuff and I put on put on something I'm like mm, maybe I'm like nah I'm not gonna buy mm-hmm. this because I know for a fact that it's gonna come home and I'm never gonna wear it yeah like I'm gonna be like mm-hmm. every time you I will see it always be more excited about an article of clothing in the store than you are at home that, mm-hmm. that is a, a an axiom of the way the universe works it is a universal truth yeah all right so that's the whole show for today Douglas how'd you enjoy it I, okay, I went into this thinking like, oh my gosh, I have to watch these episodes. And like, I know they're going to be bad. And the thing is, they are, they're bad. Very. The writing's bad. The acting, the acting is bad. I honestly think I could act better than a, than a lot of the people on this show. And I am the world's worst actor. <laughs> um, the, the writing is bad. The acting is bad. The camera work is bad. I, as I've said, I'm not a, even a fan of a lot of the makeup, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I also, I get it. Yeah. I see why people tune into this show and I'm probably going to watch the next episodes now. Yay! Woo! So I'm converted. I would love to have you back on because we had so much fun this was talking so, yes, and I knew it me. would be because you're like my best friend and we have conversations all the time like you know like we we understand each other so thank you Douglas so much all right so everybody remember that you can always catch us on social media at passions podcast um on Instagram no sorry we're at passions pod on Instagram at podcast passions on Twitter at passions podcast on tiktok and facebook and then you can also send us an email send me some emails y'all send me something to read tell me how you feel about this oh please tell me how you feel about this new format i really want to hear what y'all have to say i need to hear some feet i need feedback people all right so with that you are my passion Passion for for life life. (laughs) breathe in breathe out